0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Coffee with Closers, where business leaders share insights on how to build businesses from the ground up and best practices for innovating in their industry. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining me. I appreciate the opportunity to interview you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm Chris Lesnar. I'm the founder and CEO of Project World Impact. I've got a wonderful wife, a newborn baby, well, a one-year-old baby, and yeah, live out in the suburbs of Chicago. So explain a little bit about what is Project World Impact. We've kind of got two parts to our company. One is a website where people find nonprofits by cause and location. So they can say, I wonder who's working with kids in Kenya, homeless people in Chicago, education in Chicago, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then we build those nonprofits, we work with software. Mm -hmm. And then we have thousands of nonprofits that use our software to raise money. um, And that's half of what we do. The other half of what we do is marketing, digital marketing for for-profit companies. And it's everything from websites, apps, graphic design, um, search, social, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: So where did this nonprofit side of the idea came
1: about? So. A while back I got connected to the head of a nonprofit and it was a very big nonprofit and he kind of got me thinking about what would it look like to use my marketing skills to help causes around the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was an interesting concept because I hadn't really thought about how marketing could help people, it was just how marketing could help people make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really focused on all the needs out there. And so when we started doing research into what do nonprofits need, whether they're really small, really big all of them said that they need the same three things. And it was more money, more volunteers, and more visibility. Mm -hmm. And so when we started getting into the nonprofit space, we realized it's really expensive to get those three things. And we thought we could come in, change the industry a little bit, use some marketing skills, and help them raise a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And then that was about six years ago.
0: So obviously you've built this nonprofit profit uh, focused business yeah. uh, business, and so many different tools around it, but you had a prior business before you got into this. So talk to us a little bit about how'd you started on this venture and what you've learned from building this new, new business.
1: Yeah, well it's, the learnings have been crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was in college as a sophomore and helped start a marketing company with a couple other people mm-hmm. um, and we had we had no money when we started, and when we were, when I was a senior in school, we had sixty people working for us. We had three offices in Indiana. It was growing, mm-hmm. uh, it was growing like crazy, and I was still in school trying to figure this out. And then that's when I got connected with this nonprofit leader, and I just thought, okay, in that two-year span, we grew so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it was we were able to do marketing for. So many big brands, uh, everyone from like Chipotle to Hyatt to, I mean, you name it, we worked with a lot of Mm -hmm. large players, Fortune 500 companies. And the, the transition into PWI. I forget the actual term that people have told me, but it's almost like uh, first first success can be a bad thing Mm -hmm. because I just thought it would be so easy to start PWI. Mm -hmm. I mean, we built the first company in two years to be pretty significant. And then I thought, okay, in my spreadsheets, when I was starting PWI on Excel, it was one of those things where I was just like, oh, this is gonna be, uh, in one year, we're going to do this much. We're going to help this many people, and it just wasn't reality. Mm-hmm. You know, we started and we realized, well, wow, soft—it's different in a marketing service business. You're you're paying by the hour, and you're mm-hmm. paying people by the hour. In a in a SaaS type or software type driven business, these products are really expensive. Mm-hmm. Where I thought a tool might cost. 20 grand to build a tool that we could give to thousands of nonprofits it was naive you know it's mm-hmm. like oh this is going to cost half a million dollars or a million dollars to build this one tool and in the end it could be very helpful but it's mm-hmm. really expensive and so we went through our first year of PWI we initially cuz uh, I had some money from the first company and I we didn't want to hire people, so we outsourced the project to mm-hmm. to a dev company in Chicago, and uh, they went to build the site and told us, okay, we'll have it for this much money in three months for you, and it's just the core, almost like a directory type site.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We got through the three-month mark, and they said, you know, we need another three months. Okay, fine. All these complications came up, so we're six months into this project, and they say, oh, we need another three months and we need more money. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, oh gosh, so now we're nine months into this project and finally we're like, where is this? And and then we find out that the company's potentially going bankrupt, their lead developers mm-hmm. left and we're out money wow. that we have paid this company and they were stringing us along and it was a total mistake. And so we're like, oh no, we just lost a lot of money mm-hmm. and we have no product. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a waste of a year and we had hired uh, 40 people at that point wow. just to get nonprofits to know about PWI. <laughs> uh, in, somewhere between 20 and 40 people, de- depending, but we'd hired these people to get nonprofits for us. Mm. So we had the cost of, we were telling nonprofits, join our site, join our site, it's awesome, we're gonna launch now. And then they get the email, oh, actually, we need three more months and then we're gonna launch, wow. but thanks for joining. So we had all these customers that were pretty upset with us, right? Wow thousands of nonprofits by this point, and we didn't even have a product. And so then we go into year two, and we're like, okay, we definitely can't afford to hire internally. We need to find a big team who can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, This is a big job. We have thousands of nonprofits now. After our first year, we had three, over 3,000 nonprofits commit to work with us. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, oh no, we gotta hire another company. So we go and hire this other company, uh, also based out of Chicago and almost the exact same story. Oh my! It was gonna be a four month project, they need another four months at the 10 month mark, we end up parting ways, we have no That's product. two years lost. Two years lost. So we end up paying out the rest of this contract with this company saying, we'll just buy whatever you have. Give us the code you have and we're gonna to have to build this internally. And they were telling us, they'd outsourced it We had found out at this point when we were like, why is this going bad? They had said they had out subcontracted it as well. So we were just buying code that we didn't even know what it did, didn't know what it looked like. So we ended up paying out the contract. We get the code and it was like, you wouldn't even believe how bad it was. None of it was usable. Mm. And so then we, we have two years totally lost. And so to put it in perspective, the first company in two years from the outside i mean it looked like we had made it you know Mm -hmm. i'm going to senior year of school we have a big company we have a lot of people it's booming three offices i'm two years into this other venture we've spent tons of money we do have a lot of people but it is
0: not making the. it's
1: going terrible yeah (laughs) so that process was was just a crazy process so i think the the difficulty in pwi has been so much more difficult and we ended up long story short, ended up bringing it all internally, realizing, mm-hmm. hey, if we outsource this again, who knows where we'll be yeah. in a year from now. So we ended up hiring our CTO, uh, hiring a CTO to run all of this, who's also a partner in the company. So. It's been awesome.
0: That's a big lesson. So obviously, yeah. you know, like if it's a core product, you gotta be extremely careful yeah. whether you're gonna choose to outsource or if it makes real sense to actually do it in-house. Yeah, know.
1: I get I get to speak at a lot of different conferences now and a lot of times people ask afterwards or come up to me and they say, um, what's the one piece of advice that you would give us? Mm-hmm. And I always say, never outsource your core competency. Correct. yeah. You know, and I just, I was so young back then that I didn't even realize, I I thought it was, we're going to save so much money, we mm-hmm. could literally save millions of dollars doing this, and it's going to be done by professionals. And it turned out to not be the case, you know. And yeah, we we since then have stuck to not outsourcing our core competency.
0: So, what about now from a scaling standpoint? Obviously, you've you know, you've well over 3,000 active, right? So, yeah, you've, so what are some of the, the lessons you've learned in terms of building kind of the content machine? Which I know mm-hmm. you said you have hundreds of hundreds and thousands yeah. of people coming to your site looking for nonprofit data, and then yeah. also there's a lot of donors coming. So what is kind of the, 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 the scaling systems and uh, tools that you've used to kind of get to where you
1: are? Yeah, it's um, we yeah. end up creating a lot of internal processes, building a lot of internal products like I think a lot of companies have to do when there's mm-hmm. not a perfect fit out there. But then um, the the cool part is we this year we opened up PWI for free to, any nonprofit, mm-hmm. which was not a thing of the past. We didn't do that historically. Mm-hmm. And so now we ended up giving over a hundred thousand nonprofits totally free access to PWI and ten of our tools, mm-hmm. which we're turning from much more of a directory and customer service in the back end mm-hmm. focus to we want to get out there and promote these nonprofits. We're gonna treat it much more like an agency who's doing free marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, and with the with the amount of skill that we're getting on traffic. You can imagine how much money flows through the site, through the products. Last year, mm-hmm. if you combine the revenues of all of our nonprofits, it's multiple billions of dollars of nonprofits, you mm-hmm. know? so there's a lot of money that these nonprofits are dealing with and, and on scale, uh, now that we've opened it up to 100,000 nonprofits, that number is shooting through the roof, hopefully, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's an interesting process.
0: So obviously, you know, you're, you're building, you know, you're scaling fast right now, you've mm-hmm. you know, hundreds and thousands of uh, nonprofits joining, mm-hmm. and you're also having to, to scale the organization as a whole uh, mm-hmm. to make sure that you're supporting that growth. So what systems and processes do you have in place to make sure you have a very strong foundation and a good team to, to, to go, go that route?
1: Yeah, one of, the, one of the things that we've had to work on is structuring our team so that people clearly know what departments they are responsible for, mm-hmm. and then also measuring success. So it's really easy on the marketing side of our business to, to measure success with our clients. And for nonprofits, they're measuring, did we make money or not? Mm-hmm. You know, Internally, we don't do or had not previously done a great job of measuring what a success look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've brought in a whole lot of measurements. So when we reach out to nonprofits, we're trying to call a certain amount of nonprofits that are on our site every hour. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get a hold of so many. We're trying to get this many emails from them. We're trying to get this money to start using these products. You know, and we're starting to measure this every day.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And one of the things that we've started to realize is, uh, you start, even if you don't hit necessarily the goals off the bat, everyone gets behind what you're measuring. You know, if we weren't measuring it, there's a lot less excitement. Mm -hmm. Now that everything is public and everyone can see all the results, people get really behind it and Mm -hmm. really excited about, hey, we're getting this many nonprofits on board the site every day. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a big deal when we have dozens of nonprofits signing up every week mm-hmm. from very minimal effort of people working hard but not much effort on our end mm-hmm. and uh, and we've taken a much more um, team development standpoint so every every month we go through a uh, it's different videos, but different talks that you might hear at major summits around the world, mm-hmm. and uh, from key leaders who talk about things like customer service, talk about things like marketing, talk about things like uh, how how do you structure a company that's growing like crazy, mm-hmm. innovations and in, in nonprofit AI, all these different topics that people might touch on. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get our whole team on the same page to think this is where we're trying to head in five years, mm-hmm. you know, and with that, with that, uh, with all the nonprofits where we're trying to head is pretty big Mm -hmm. you know and one of the core things that we're moving into is figuring out how do we treat customers you know it's it's easy when you're dealing with 10 20 even up to a thousand customers that hadn't been too hard for us to Mm -hmm. treat them well now that we're talking about a hundred thousand plus customers how do you treat them well if they all call our office tomorrow at (laughs) 9 a.m we don't have that many people (laughs) (laughs) who can take those calls or if they all email in on the same day how do we respond to a hundred thousand emails in a day? There's no so way, true. you know. And so we're we're jumping into problems. It's good problems. Mm-hmm. We think we'll find out, but it's things that we know we're going to have to deal with. Uh, and we're trying to approach them front on before launching any of these things. And so we've kind of got processes in place internally with uh, hiring a lot more people. Uh, mm-hmm. We're in a major trying to hire stage right now, even to for customer service, um, trying to service all the nonprofits because uh, we have literally dozens of nonprofits might want to be talking to us at the same time and so we need all the team to support it
0: Yeah, and, and especially if you're going the freemium model where yeah. you started as free and then <laughs> they have the option of paying, but they can choose right. not to even use the paid options which means you're providing a free tool plus having you to put service. human capital right to p- provide the support so have you thought about using some sort of a guided tours inside the tools to make sure yeah. they can find the answers themselves so they don't have to necessarily Bug your internal resources. Yeah,
1: we have guided tours, we've got FAQs, we've got all the things that you possibly could, or we're at least trying to build all the things you possibly could to keep people away from needing the human capital, because mm-hmm. it gets expensive. It does. But at the same time, one of the uh, one of the things that we talk about as a team, and internally it's hard to convince people of this on our own team, is that if we end up helping a free nonprofit. Raised twenty grand, thirty grand, a hundred thousand dollars. Which free nonprofits have raised well over a hundred thousand dollars on our site just by joining mm. and using the tools. And so we have to convince our team. Think about the good that that can do. Mm. You know, if we're paying somebody and they ended up spending, let's say, twenty hours helping somebody raise hundred thousand dollars. That's a pretty, it's mm. not a great financial investment in terms of return for us as a leadership team, but it's a really cool investment to think, hey, just 20 hours of our time, because we know this space so well, mm-hmm. could help somebody raise that much money. That's significant. Have you thought about actually getting
0: compensated on the transactions? Because I know a lot of those credit card companies make a lot of the money on the back. Yeah. So was was that ever a thought or are you just- it's, too-
1: it's always been a thought and we, there's so many, if, if we were purely about making money there's so many ways even if we took 1% of what people are mm. raising on the site lower than any other competitor is that 5% is basically mm. the lowest anyone else is mm. so if we said okay we'll take 1% we would be crushing it even mm. more than we are you know we'd be making a lot of money and it's one of those things where it goes against what we're trying to do if let's say a credit card company is willing to drop their uh, processing rates or give us a kickback like a like an affiliate model or something Mm -hmm. like that, uh, we would rather go to the nonprofit and say, hey, we got your rates lowered. We could keep this percent, but we're just gonna give it to you. Mm -hmm. So all of that percent, we then will turn into basically a product Mm -hmm. that says, okay, you're gonna save this much and we'll kick it back to you. You know, and 100% of it goes back to these nonprofits. That's so cool. we actually have a tool right now where we partner with 1800 retailers mm-hmm. that are basically trying to compete with Amazon Smile. So it's things, uh, places like Walmart, GameStop, uh, Hotels.com, all these places where uh, we have agreements with them where they'll give up to 25% hmm. of people's online purchases to us, hmm. which is great. But we then give all up to the 25% to the nonprofit. So mm-hmm. all of that money raised people are raising $100 a year just from the normal shopping literally it doesn't cost the user anything. It's a free way people can support nonprofits and so it's, it's almost matching matching dollars to Yeah, right? yeah. A lot of these corporations are already giving money to their causes. Mm-hmm. They have they're I mean, their CSR—they have to give away so much money, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's uh, if they don't care what organizations it's going to. So when we end up funneling all this money to nonprofits, they're like, "Wow, this didn't cost us anything," and people can support us without spending their own money. I mean, that's the best of both worlds—they're getting to give up. away other people's money, you know. And so uh, we we're always looking for things like that. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: I'm mean, I'm I'm very excited to hear about the the mission of the company, and then mm-hmm. that you're not really. Yes, you're making money, but then that's not mm-hmm. the primary focus. You're trying to, to, to fulfill the need in yeah. that marketplace. So talk to me about from an entrepreneurial side, obviously you've, you know, you've built one company and you're doing this. What are some of the lessons as an entrepreneur that you're doing? Like, time management, productivity, you know, building up a team and being that leader. talk to me about some of those things and how are you investing into yourself to grow and then what are some of the lessons you're learning there yeah. on a personal level?
1: I think everyone on our team would unanimously say I am the worst manager in our company. <laughs> I think everyone would agree with that. <laughs> and if they don't, I'd be surprised. But I am not a great people manager. I still have so much to learn. But uh, the things that I, I think I do excel at is I have a high capacity to want to learn. Mm-hmm. So even um, the I, I do a lot of reading. I try and read at least a book every single week. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on audiobook constantly when I'm in the car, driving to meetings, whatever. I'm listening to audiobooks. Uh, and then I try to take it a step further where I reach out to the authors after I read them mm-hmm. and try and connect with these authors, learn from them. The the amount of uh, crazy connections of people who have responded to me or set me up with different uh, people has been unbelievable. Hmm. Um, so that that is really cool, but also part of the journey, everyone always told me when I started PWI, even though I was bringing in a lot of money, uh, everyone said, you will need three times more than what you think. And whatever you think is three times more, double it. Mm. And I said, these people are crazy. Like, look at we. The first company was so easy, and it's just, the difference between a service business and a software business. And capital needed is insane. It is. And uh, and what what we started to realize is the funding needed. Was just so much more than we thought. Our timelines were so unrealistic. When we thought, "Hey, we're going to have these tw- like the twenty products we have now, six years into the company." Mm-hmm. Legitimately, I probably thought we would have those in the first like three months of our existence. <laughs> and, and I wouldn't say I was a I was dumb either. I was just inexperienced and didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought it would be so much faster. And so the uh, the other things is, I mean, finding great mentors. Um, uh, has been huge for me, yeah. you know, in actually um, giving me guidance. There's so many people. I remember, um, I remember uh, early on we were trying to figure out, do we sell people? Do we sell nonprofits? We have all these nonprofits. Do we sell them? Do we not sell them on services? What mm-hmm. do we do? How do we structure a sales team? I've never had to structure a sales team. Everything just kind of fell into place. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I set up two two phone calls with salespeople I knew. Um, one was the X. Ex- chief marketing officer of Facebook and one was the ex-chief sales officer Apple. Yeah, when Apple hires a salesperson, let's say for their education department, which is a huge revenue generator, Apple for education is very large. Mm -hmm. They're not looking for people with sales experience. Sales experience is a plus, Mm -hmm. but they don't care if they have sales experience. They want people who used to be the customer. Mm. So they're looking for past and ex-teachers to now hop into a sales role because they know what it was like to be in the classroom. Mm. So they can talk better to the customer, they can talk better to experiences, they know what the product needs to develop into. A lot of their developers they hire the same way where it's, we want you to have experience using a product that's a competitor of ours. Mm. So when we actually get into talking to nonprofits Uh, selling nonprofits anything. Um, We even put job descriptions out saying looking for executive directors of nonprofits. You know, people who have run nonprofits because they know the pain of what it's like to run a nonprofit. They know how behind technology-wise they are. They know what people are dealing with mentally. Mm -hmm. To then come in and say, okay, now be our salesperson. You know, this is not a hard sell. If you sell 50 nonprofits to get on for free or 50 paid, you are equally as successful. We're not judging our team based on revenue necessarily, we're judging them based on quantity of nonprofits we can connect with, Hmm. which also takes away the pressure of we need to raise money. We have other automated campaigns that can go out to free nonprofits to then monetize them into, okay, we know X percent of nonprofits sign up for free might pay us for stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we have a way to monetize them. But for us, it's just as great if we're helping the people, you know. And so, yeah, the, the idea of mentorship, having advice like that, my first thought was just find people who have been in sales their whole life, mm. you know. And at, at one point, one of the lessons learned before I had that call was we hired a, a head of sales and six salespeople. Mm. And over the course of six months, they brought in zero dollars in revenue. So we were paying them and there was it was some commission base, but it was also like they had to like mm-hmm. live for six months, so we had to pay them. Um but in six months, seven people on a team sold zero dollars for us. So it's like, wow, why did that not work? And so when we get advice like that, it's like, wow, that's mm-hmm. never would have thought of that, you know, and there's literally dozens of mentors in different areas of my life even personally that have helped me kind of figure out how do you structure life how do you manage time Mm -hmm. how do you make sure that your family is a priority your faith is a priority how do you get all these things in order Mm -hmm. that i'm i'm still trying to learn yeah
0: are there other lessons you've learned as an entrepreneur
1: yeah there are i mean there's almost countless Mm -hmm. lessons um i i think the it's really cool. One of the things I think is coolest about PWI um, is that it's, it's really cool when you have a vision for where you want to go and then you ask other people along the way um, who are on our team, where do you see it becoming? Mm-hmm. What, what do you think we should do next? Out of those 20 products, probably five were my idea. Mm-hmm. 15 were the ideas of people on our team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So somebody like a good example is we have a, a product that's launching, which is basically like a, a job finder. Um, it's like Indeed, LinkedIn, Monster, yeah, Monster, all these different sites where you can look for jobs. Mm-hmm. But we have all this traffic who's looking for nonprofits. Maybe they're interested in jobs mm-hmm. and we'll just make it free for nonprofits to post jobs, free for people to apply to them, whatever. Uh, the concept happened because as a graphic designer, mm-hmm. one of our graphic designers who was designing products was like, boy, I wish I could travel the world. Working for nonprofits. Now that I'm getting to work with them,
0: hmm.
1: and then she came up with the idea of, well, what if there was a job portion on our site it's where sure I is. could just see, hey, could I get a graphic design job in, in name a place, Nigeria or in Canada or India or wherever it ends up being, and then it was like, hey, that that has Samir. We have a big audience. We have all these nonprofits, and we do hear that they need good people who like nonprofits, and it's hard to find people. Why not? Worst case scenario, we put money into a product that that doesn't work. The best case scenario is we help people find fulfilling jobs and things that they care about, and more people are helped along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, and and in the end, if a product fails for us, because we know a bunch of products are going to fail, and I think that's another lesson learned is products don't always work. We've already shut down multiple products when they don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they when they Either way, when you actually test out these products, uh, it's cool to just think, this is the potential this could have if it works. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and when we actually play that out in terms of numbers to think how many people could be impacted by our decision here in this office with our team, it's like, wow, we need to think through these well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, empowering people is really, really fun just to see people develop. And even the, the vision for where we're heading as a company, I, I think there's definitely a uh, the, the core leadership team of people who we've kind of all been there for two years, we're all kind of running our own departments and mm-hmm. we're starting to hire in these departments too. And it's like, okay, what does that look like? You know, who do we wanna hire? How many people do we need to hire? How do we structure this? What's it gonna be like every time you add a new person, changes mm-hmm. office dynamic? Yeah, it's so, um, a fun ride.
0: <laughs> I can talk to you for hours and hours, and obviously you have a lot of wealth of wisdom that you learn over the years. Are there any productivity hacks that you hold dear to, as far as things that you do to to make sure you're 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 staying productive and getting things done?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. And that's something I've been thinking about a ton. Mm-hmm. I literally um, messaged uh, my business partner about this yesterday, even. Um, where (laughs) we'll see if this works, but I basically made a schedule for myself, Mm -hmm. just drawn out schedule with nothing on it. And I'm putting down the things that I wanna do every hour Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna try and stick to it as much as possible. There's all these things that you hear people like-
0: um, Pomodori pomodori concept is one of those. Yeah, you hear a lot of those.
1: And then you also have people like Mark Cuban, who it's like he goes to sleep in his uh, athletic clothes. So he works out in the morning. Or you have other people who it's like uh, Steve Jobs only had the same clothes in his closet, so he never had to think about what to wear. Things same like Mark Zuckerberg. That. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg that. does the same thing. I mean, it's like there's all these other hacks that. Like, I don't know about
0: that five minutes. Is going to make me yeah. more productive?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'm not going that far, but I do think even just the discipline. And my wife and I were talking about, uh, like, laying all of it out. Mm-hmm. What would that look like for us? You know, in her life, in my life, how can we be more intentional with our time? You know, because otherwise there are so many fires that come up in a given day Mm -hmm. just running a company. Like, you know, it's there's so many things that could take away the origin versus the
0: important, right?
1: How do you determine that? So, yeah, I think the the other productivity hacks, I mean, just revolve around (laughs) <laughs> the the number of computers or tablets that I might have on me at a given time. I mean, it's just like being able mm. to multitask a lot, but nothing crazy, um, nothing crazy, like I hear some of these other people able to do.
0: I know. Any last a parting wisdom?
1: Um, you know, it, I think people should learn more about nonprofits, just in general. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily wisdom, but uh, in America, um, nonprofits make up a significant portion Of the GDP, Hmm. as well as uh, every year, there are over 130 million Americans who look for nonprofits. Hmm. Um, So when you think about this,
0: almost 70, 80 percent of the population.
1: It is a lot of people, and so when you get into this, you realize, wow, this is a big space. But it's a space that they're. Because it's a big space, people get taken advantage of like crazy, or nonprofits potentially might be run poorly. There's so many nonprofits, there's, um, there's over a million nonprofits registered in America. So that means basically one out of every 300 some people is starting a nonprofit. So that's pretty big percentage yeah. of people starting nonprofits, mm-hmm. when you think about it. And uh, people should just educate themselves to know what's going on around the world, you know, mm-hmm. just to be better people, better humans, better individuals, To educate yourself with what's going on around the world, there's a lot of Americans interested Mm -hmm. in what's going on in the world looking for nonprofits. I know some are just focused on America, and that's great too, Mm -hmm. but there is a lot of need out there. Um, We're so blessed, especially like me and you being in Chicago. This is such a beautiful area. Mm -hmm. We don't have many concerns day to day um, that most of the world has, and I think it's it's almost a responsibility that people have to educate themselves on it and to figure out how do they get involved. You know, not everyone's going to do what we're doing, but it'd be great if more people did build stuff and give it away for free to nonprofits. Mm. When we hear about stuff like that, that people might say, like, oh man, they're trying to build PWI or do something similar. It's like, awesome. Mm-hmm. There's way more nonprofits than we can connect with, you know, and if they can pay for the customer service to help those nonprofits, awesome. It saves us money, you know? So, yeah, just getting involved with nonprofits would be my, it's not wisdom, but advice.
0: Yeah, emotionally. <laughs> and I think, speaking from experience too, I think. We do a lot of team building, and we call it, you know, the outings. But the most rewarding outings we have ever had is something where we went to serve community, mm-hmm. like you know, soup kitchen or like some of those, you know, missions that has like a good cost behind it, right? And then we walked away feeling much more blessed and count our blessings one more time. And I think that's a good, good wisdom there. Right. Yeah. Appreciate you joining yeah, me. Yeah. Thank so you much. so much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. This episode of Coffee with Closers is brought to you by OneIMS, a leading digital marketing agency helping businesses win new customers. To request a free marketing ROI audit, please visit OneIMS.com. If you enjoyed this video, please share it. To make sure you never miss an episode, please subscribe.